the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed nine minutes after 10 o'clock. Hour number two is underway as uh, we continue on this free for all Friday. It's the seventh morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord, 2018. So good to be back here in the homeland uh, in Northeast Ohio after two days in the swamp. It was very, very swampy. I can tell you that uh, just from uh, from two days in the district of Columbia uh, in, in more ways than one. But it is really good to be back here. We have a lot of things that we have to do over the course of the next two months before the midterm elections. One of those is to get the word out to spread the message of some of the most important candidates and some of the most important races as the Republicans look to keep control of the House and and, uh, keep control of the Senate as well, and uh, hopefully get some new leadership, by the way, while we're at it. We uh, not only do we need to maintain the control of the House of Representatives, we got to get behind Congressman Jim Jordan as the next Speaker of the House of Representatives. But all of that will go by the wayside. Of course, if we do not uh, continue to keep red seats red and turn some blue seats uh, to the color of red as well. And that's what Beverly Goldstein aims to do. Beverly, of course, is the candidate for the Republican Party in District 11. She is challenging Marsha Fudge now for the second time. And she has a fantastic message that needs to be shared with the voters in that di- district. And to that end, we say good morning to her on AM 1420, The Answer. Beverly, good morning. How are you? Fine. Free for all, Bob. (laughs) It's always good to talk to you. I know you have a very busy work schedule in in addition to your campaign schedule, so I'm glad you were able to carve out a few minutes here to talk to us about the campaign. And uh, i got to tell you, I like the momentum that I see, Bev, if... um, you know, if social media following is any indicator, and I don't know about official polling, I don't know if you have any of that or not, but but if social media following is any indicator, people are starting to listen and they're starting to turn your way. Bob, I had 40 followers on July 1st on Twitter. I just didn't know how to use it, and I had no idea how to find someone who did. And one of our Act for America members, Stacy. 
approached me uh, after a meeting and said, I'm a Twitter consultant. Can I run the Twitter for your campaign? And so from July 2nd to now, there are over 350,000 people who have looked at the pinned tweets. I could have never on my own accomplished that. Then a gal I work with, Robin, uh, we're both in the health and wellness division here at Sam's Club, came to me uh, a while later and said, oh, you didn't say you were running for Congress. I said, yeah, I know we're at work. I'm kind of trying to work at work. She goes, this is really cool. Can I be your uh, webmaster and can I be the one to integrate all of our platforms on social media? So Robin then took it to a totally different level. So when I win, this will be a truly concerted, dedicated effort by so many people who would really like District 11 to have a new start. It's, it's me and it's a lot of other people, and you are part of that. I love a lot of other people, Bob France. Well, no, I, I look. I'm just uh, I'm a teeny tiny itsy bitsy uh, cog in, in this wheel that uh, that is rolling in the right direction. Now, by the way, you said 350,000 people have seen your pin tweet. I want to read it to people just so they can kind of get a summary of what we're talking about. It says, and follow Beverly. By the way, uh, at Beverly for Congress, Beverly, and then the number four. Congress, Beverly for Congress. Uh, I am a MAGA candidate running for Ohio U.S. House District 11 against Marsha Fudge. She has failed our inner cities. We have famine, illiteracy, and homelessness that Marsha has ignored for decades. It is time to take back our state from career politicians. Bev, my question is, of those 350,000 people, and there's now 9,000-plus followers that has grown from 40 in just about a month and a half's time, how many of them are in District 11? How many of them can we convince to to turn around that district and and put food on the tables of people and 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 teach people to read and teach them to lift themselves up rather than waiting for whatever scraps Marsha Fudge tries to feed them from the government? Well, it's really hard for me to answer that question, but what's happening is um, young. Black people are finding me at events and saying, did you know that there's a whole black Twitter community? Use us as the distribution so that we can get our message out in our community. Um, I am actually floored, Bob, by how many registered Democrats who are black are more riveted by my campaign and what I want to accomplish, then we run into when we meet uh, progressive white people. Um, we were at an event at the Shaker Heights Arts Council a few weeks ago. It was a lovely event, and families, kids, lots of face painting and balloons and everything. My husband sat down next to some woman who doesn't live far from us in Beechwood and began to talk to her about illiteracy. And we had the statistics in front of us from the Case Western Reserve University study. Mm-hmm. And she looked at Michael and she goes, oh, well, you can make up any statistics you want. Do you know what? The other side doesn't want the truth. Because if they have to acknowledge the truth, then everything they envision in their utopian socialist brains, all of that 
completely falls apart. So the way to avoid being knowledgeable and part of the solution is to denigrate very well-collected information that helps us solve the problem. If you have cancer and someone else has allergies and they get the chemotherapy and you get the antihistamine, somebody's going to die. We have to diagnose the problem down to the actual essence of the core of the problem, which last time I didn't do well enough. The problem is 66% adult illiteracy in the city of Cleveland. And in some of the suburbs, first inner ring suburbs, it's up to 30-some percent. In East Cleveland, it's in the 80s. In the uh, Kinsman area, it's in the 90%. We have to begin working on putting people in a position that they will be forced to and want to become literate. You cannot... This is hard, though, Beverly. Beverly, if I may, what you're describing is hard. It's really, really hard, because what you're talking about is an entire culture, cultural shift. You're talking about changing a way of life, talking about, uh, talking about changing generations of, 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 of a mindset um, where I don't have to learn to read, I don't have to graduate high school, I'll, I'll just take what I can get whenever I can get it, as opposed to going out there and, and achieving something. So, so this is the message, and, and I think most of us know, I hope people in your district or in this district that you're running in know that it what you're you're talking about is is not an overnight solution. It is a long term solution, and it's hard. But anything worth doing is worth working hard for because you are talking about changing things not just for these people, but for their children and their grandchildren to come. If you if you change that mindset. That's not an easy thing to get through to, um, you know, to a to a constituency to say, "Hey, vote for me because we're going to change things here." But it's going to require a lot of work on your part. How how have you found that message? How hard have you found that message to get out? Well, our lid focuses on that. Um, I had opportunities to be on Al Porter Jr.'s radio show, and uh, Art McCoy hosted me on his show. Um, two or three Sundays ago, the leaders in the black community, when I sit down and show them this information, they're really taken aback. It's like a big secret in a closet, but it's actually... I was taken aback. (laughs) When you shared that with me, I was taken aback by the uh, uh, adult illiteracy numbers. I'm in the white community, and I knew it was a problem, but I didn't know it was that much of a problem. So so aside from those leaders that you just mentioned, uh, Bev, go back to what you said a few minutes ago. You said you feel like your message is being received with more sincerity by the black community in the district in which you are campaigning than by the white progressives uh, that are that are there. Why do you think that is? Why, why do you think that your message is resonating more? Because remember, Marsha Fudge as an African-American is still very, very popular with the African-American constituency in this District 11, and now you see them turning and paying attention to what you have to say. Why do you think that is? Well, a white person living in Beechwood, probably, who is a liberal, is probably not wondering whether they'll have dinner tonight. They're probably not wondering whether 
their utilities will be shut off tomorrow afternoon, probably not wondering if they have to move in order to keep their child in school. The Cleveland school system, the Cleveland Metropolitan School District, actually is a definition of um, homeless children who attend school. They look at how many different schools a child has to move from one school to the next, and that has been attributed down to homelessness. Bob, every horrible statistic that you come up with related to poverty in District 11, we're number one, we're number two, we're number three. So you talk to people who are living those statistics, they don't see them as statistics. They see them as how bad their life really sucks, okay? And so you sit there and you go, okay, let's draw an analogy of getting from step one to step two to step three. What if the literacy clinics that I want to get funded through HUD and put in the most crisis neighborhoods are directly tied to a guaranteed job training opportunity that will be a job for 15 or $16 an hour, that you're not going to just go learn to read and go home and watch TV, that this is really a process between the federal government stepping in with long-term money, not a three-year grant to see if it's a good idea, because nothing else is a good idea. If this is the problem, cancer research did not go for three years because they thought it was a good idea and they were going to look at it for three years and then go research something else, okay? If we just diagnose this as the greatest sickness of the poverty of District 11, then we need to work directly with our team running for governor and lieutenant governor and other important people running in the Ohio General Assembly. And we have to put together a continuum that you could call a ladder and that we we, we make guarantees to people. If they, if they if we don't take away any benefits right now, we don't put people, well, if you're going to go do this, then we're going to take away this or take away that. You know, leave all that in place. Don't get people worried mm-hmm. about whether that next check is coming right now. Let's get people desiring to get, if you tell them how much an hour they get when they get that check and you compare it to a 15 or $16 an hour job, that might be uh, an incentive educational opportunity right there. So the answer to the question you asked me is people who are living in these deplorable conditions aren't stupid. They're just stuck there. That is and so very well said. Bev, Bev, let me interrupt okay. you here. Let me interrupt you here because the music is playing. But can you give me like three or four minutes on the other side of this timeout so we can talk about upcoming events in your campaign? Yes, but I really want to focus on this uh, experience you just had, Bob, because you know okay. that. Okay, hold, hold that, hold that thought. Be- Bev, okay. hold that thought, and let's do that on the other side of this short time out here. Beverly Goldstein, Dr. Beverly Goldstein, candidate for District 11, continues with us in just a moment.
All right, 1025 now, Bob France, Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. I've got a couple of good minutes left with Beverly Goldstein. Beverly, I wanted to talk about the upcoming events in your campaign and where we go with less than two months, but you wanted to finish the uh, the narrative on what we were discussing uh, with respect to how the people in the district uh, that you're running for are living the statistics, and that's why it's more than statistics to them. Go ahead and finish your thoughts. All right, Bob, you just reported in the first hour of the program on your experience this past week in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. There has been no one more than me and Dan Ramada together going around Northeast Ohio and all of Ohio talking about U.N. refugee resettlement and illegal immigration. Illegal immigration directly affects our people in District 11. Residents of our inner cities, they get it that illegal immigration is having a negative effect on their housing and their health care and on their employment. Um, I know you have Peter Kersenow on every week, but Peter is actually involved with this issue and has communicated with Marsha Fudge multiple times on this issue. Uh, Peter wrote in a document to Marsha recently that we need to understand illegal immigrants, I'm quoting here, have some negative competitive effect on American workers. They drag down wage rates, they drag down employment, and completely... Uh, directly with blacks, and, and they compete directly with blacks in industries such as service, hospitality, construction. Welfare and college spots have been taken from Americans and given to illegal immigrants. They are a net drain on our economy, and they're taking over millions of jobs. The black wage rate has been determined to be suppressed $1,000 because of, in, in general in the country, because of illegal immigrants. So, these people who are coming, who are the um, upper middle class and suburban folks on our side of the aisle, especially conservatives on side of the, our side of the aisle, are very concerned about the safety and security and the national implications of these illegals coming into our country and the way in which they come to our country. But people in my district and in districts in many of the poor districts are greatly financially impacted by these people who are here. And they're more impacted by the people who actually come here to try to get a life and work, because those are the people who take the job for less than we pay Americans. Mm-hmm. That's right. And they show up at work every day. So this issue that you started your program with this morning that you and I share an amazing passion about is every bit as important in my district from an economic perspective. Here's an interesting statistic. This morning I read that over 201,000 jobs were created last month, which is a very positive thing. The day before, I was trying to look up about um, poverty in Akron, and I came across um, an alert from a research study that said that although the economy grew in general in the United States, um, poverty in Akron between 2017 and 2018 grew 3.2 percent. So tell me, are we creating those 201,000 new jobs in Akron? Some of them, obviously not, or we would not see an over 3 percent rise in one year in the poverty statistic in the third major community in my district, which is poor. East Cleveland is the poorest district out of 247 districts in the state of Ohio. 
Beverly, let me Beverly, Beverly, let me jump in here because we're up against the, the, the bottom of the hour. I want to summarize what you're saying with just a couple of words on your Twitter yesterday. You tweeted this. What can be said? Two contrasting women running for congressional seat, the congressional seat in Ohio 11. A vote for fudge equals a vote for open borders and poverty. A vote for Dr. Bev equals a vote for the wall and prosperity. On 7118, you had 40 followers, and as you pointed out, today 9,000 people want change in D.C. Hashtag our people first. I could not agree with you more. Bev, I also want to point out you will be at the um, United We Stand rally uh, uh, on uh, Sunday at 10 o'clock, right, outside of Brown Stadium at uh, Fort Huntington Park? Yes, isn't it fantastic? I'm now being called to be included in the really important stuff that we're doing. I think... I have earned that opportunity at you this point, and I have. have to tell you, my husband has been every bit, Michael has been every bit helpful to getting our message, our documents, our information. He goes places when I'm at work. We, we're but- really teaming this up. Well, I'll tell you what, he's, he's a great man. You are a great person. You're a great candidate, and I hope people are paying attention. And I hope they'll come out and hear you speak, along with Jim Renacci and others, on Sunday at 10 o'clock at Huntington Park, West 3rd and Lakeside, before the Browns play the Steelers. Stand up for our flag, stand up for Ohio, and stand up for Dr. Beverly Goldstein. Dr. Goldstein, thank you. As always, I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, Bob. Good morning. Have a great, have a great morning. Thank you. 10.30, time for news. Peter Corrigan. I understand is going to be joining us next as well. He's a candidate for Ohio's, or excuse me, for Cuyahoga County's executive, uh, uh, county executive position. He'll join us next right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Attention, social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. 1035 now, the Bob France Authority does continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Don't forget, follow Dr. Goldstein, Beverly Goldstein, on Twitter and continue to retweet her her messages. Uh, Follow her on Facebook as well. You can find her at uh, Beverly 4 Congress, Beverly and then the number 4 Congress. I think it was a really good summation uh, that she tweeted yesterday about the difference between herself and uh, and Marsha Fudge. The people of the 11th District are in some of the worst conditions, uh, suffering some of the worst plights of, of, of really any citizen in Ohio, especially and particularly in Northeast Ohio, uh, between the uh, uh, the poverty rate, the illiteracy rate, and everything else she talked about, completely and utterly ignored by Marsha Fudge, and I know she is committed to making a difference there. She is a white Jewish woman from Beechwood, and she is going door-to-door in largely African-American uh, uh, communities in the 11th District, and she is opening eyes and ears and minds to a better way to help them. They know she's sincere. She's not just campaigning. She's sincere. And, uh, and it's making a difference. So make sure you support her. All right. Uh, we continue now. I, I'm so glad to be home because as I mentioned, I spent the last two days watching in DC broadcasting from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. But I do want to get back to some local issues and some local races now. And you know that we've been talking about the Cuyahoga County executive race. Uh, I read a really, really interesting piece this morning. I got up early. I clicked on uh, cleveland.com as I sometimes do. I won't say always, but as I sometimes do. Only to see this headline, Cuyahoga County Executive Armin Butish is lucky his opponent is a nothing burger. A what? 
a nothing burger. Mark Namick of Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer has decided that Republican challenger for county executive Peter Corrigan is literally nothing. He's no competition whatsoever, and that's good for Armin Budish because, as Namick says, says, Budish is pretty much a terrible uh, county executive, but that the Republicans have dropped the ball and not formally uh, putting somebody up against him. I found that to be highly insulting and also highly inaccurate because I am very, very impressed with Peter Corrigan. I asked him if he would come on and respond to this, and sure enough, he answered the bell. Peter Corrigan is the Republican candidate for Cuyahoga County Executive. Peter, good morning. Yeah, hi, Bob. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. it. It's a pleasure. You know, we we all know politics can be a nasty business, and politics, you know, oftentimes uh, devolves into name-calling. I get it. But this wasn't even your opponent doing a name-calling. It was a reporter for, for the Plain Dealer who decided you're a nothing burger. How would you respond to that this morning, Pete? Uh, I, I kind of like, I, I kind of appreciate it if he called me Mr. Nothing Burger, at least, but he's not going to do that. But. <laughs> no, I was highly insulted by that. On your behalf, I was, I, I was insulted. Go ahead. No, I appreciate it. I, you know, the first time I ever really sat down with Mark Namath, um, Namick was um, about a week and a half ago, so I'm in the midst of the second major political race I've had in this county, and really just not really met him until like a week ago, for all intents and purposes. So we sat down, we had a nice conversation. I think his conclusion is drawn from the fact that the, um, you know, the financial support for the race is, is somewhat lacking. I'm trying real hard to get support from all areas, and um, and it's a. Um, you know, it's real difficult. So, I, yeah, I think it's his, 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 the name calling isn't so nice, but his conclusion is based on that. And I'm looking for financial support and help wherever I can get it right now. I think the citizens of Cuyahoga County, the people that have been getting killed on their property taxes, and the people that are fed up with, the, with corruption would, would really beg, beg to differ with Mark. And I think there's a lot of them that are out there and a lot of them that are going to show up at the polls. So I think this race is a lot closer than people think. Uh, Peter, explain a little bit more about the, the property tax issue and the and the, the home valuations, because he indicated, did Mark Namick in this piece, that you don't really understand it. You don't understand how these property taxes are, or these valuations are calculated and how they, how they affect uh, property taxes. Yeah, I um, the valuations are are the overall uh, assessment and the property taxes are are a component of that property taxes are calculated based on millages and uh, a lot of those millages are a, a function of um, school taxes so uh, and then there are other things there's libraries there's um, um, county health there's uh Christie, things like that in there um, I, he didn't really ask me that in the interview so we didn't really cover it but um you know when a, when somebody's property tax goes up, Thirty percent. That doesn't. Uh, sorry. When someone's valuation goes up thirty percent, that doesn't necessarily mean the property tax is going to go up thirty percent. Still, the randomness with the way the property taxes were, uh, the property assessments were um, came out, the valuations were assessed is, is really pretty alarming. Um, the process itself, uh, he relied on he relied on um, contractors to do the work. Uh, the contractors had ranges from which to work on, and for the most part, they took the high end of the range. Lots of people had very high valuations. So, you know, regardless of how the ultimate calculation is city to city, uh, people's property taxes are going to go up as a result of this um, this whole exercise. 
We're talking to Peter Corrigan, who is the Republican candidate for county executive running against Armin Budish. And Mark Namick today wrote a piece uh, in uh, The Plain Dealer and for Cleveland.com calling Corrigan a nothing burger. Now, we can focus on that, which we'd have a little bit, but I want to talk a little bit more about Budish because Namick at least is correct in pointing out that he has been essentially invisible. He has been a, a you know a non-entity outside of fundraising for his party, and he is able to generate a lot of funds for himself and his party and his special interests in that way. Um, he's 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 invisible. Uh, the way Mark Namick described it, Butish is not personally addressing the misinformation, for example, having to do with the. Uh, uh, the uh, home valuations and taxes, or making a case that the higher values rep, uh, reflect a longer or stronger local economy and an increase of wealth for homeowners. He's also not pointing out that the county has long been receptive to adjusting property valuations. Instead, Butish has been running from the cameras, and that's been the story of his administration this year. If this guy will not come forward and and tell the people, tell the constituents of Cuyahoga County by way of the press what his office is doing, that that should that should tell them something when they go to vote between the two of you guys in November. Yeah, sure. I, I'd love love to just hear how the county um, the county's methodology came about when they did the valuations. It's uh, how did they arrive at these high ends? Uh, it, it, it you know you compare that with the fact that Cleveland area is consistently scoring the lowest in economic profiles nationally, and one of the most stunning comments about the whole property tax thing was uh, Judas came out and said, oh, this, this suggests that we're doing really, really well and there's more prosperity here and, and everything's good. I mean, if, if, if the only way to, to see the, um, the prospects for Cleveland and, the, and Cuyahoga County to grow is to just double or triple the values of houses, I, I think people would really question that. That's a really bad statement to make. Real wage growth, real employment, that's the underpinning for the economic success, not valuing houses higher than they really should be. Let's talk about some of the other things that were featured in this uh, in this editorial from the Plain Dealer about uh, Butish. Uh, described uh, they, they describe him as me making several self-inflicted mistakes, including the abbreviated list uh, in administration, properly paying overtime to salaried employees, allowing his first yeah. chief of staff to earn his earn an MBA on county time, and then she left for a private sector job. County council saying he lacks con- that it lacks confidence in the administration right. under Butish's ability to uh, to uh, tie county computers and technology systems together. All of these things seem to be a very very you know real failure of leadership. And and can we get that message out? Can you get that message out and, and follow up on that by November? I'm trying real hard, and it, and it takes money to do that. So any kind of financial contribution, say 25 bucks to my, to my website, would really help. But Give yeah, the site again. It's a big, it's a, it's, the website is corganforexecutive.com. I, uh, it's, it's, a real, uh, it's a real challenge to get the information out to everybody, but that's really the issue. He is so weak in so many areas. And he really, really needs to go. I mean, he's under FBI investigation, and and uh, you know, he's, it's not just it's, it's his. Our own county has subpoenas for him looking at information. There's a lot of stuff that's under investigation right now, and it's trying. We're trying to, uh, <laughs> you know, he's he's misstepping all over the place. Um, Bob, you're exactly right. Peter, um, as I look at your website, which you just mentioned is is uh, Corrigan for Executive dot com. 
the first drop-down link or the first link you have on your tab is uh, is about your contract with Cuyahoga County. A lot of people may be familiar and remember the contract with America uh, with Newt Gingrich uh, back in uh, the mid-1990s. Tell me more about the contract with Cuyahoga County you would like to forge. Yeah, sure. It's a, it's a pretty simple idea. Yeah, Armin Budish is a lawyer trying to be an executive. I'm a business executive trying to be an executive. And what we do is we come up with goals and objectives and, and things that, that we aspire to deliver to. So I put out a whole bunch of things on the website that said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And that's what I, uh, that's exactly the way that I intend to, to, um, to run the county. So within those bullet points, there's a couple of different things uh, for, for each one. But I have things like, let's buy from Cuyahoga first. Let's hire people from Cuyahoga County. Let's not hire people from, from Jacksonville and Dallas and Omaha. Let's hire our top talent from with our own county borders. Let's use our own vendors, our own suppliers, things like that. And then cleaning up the corruption. Um, you talked about the um, human resource issues, you know, the overtime for the senior-level people and the, um, the special treatment, the special perks. You know, all that stuff has to go. And the county council is fully on board with getting rid of that. So Democrats and Republicans on the county council want the entire HR human resource policies rewritten so this nonsense doesn't go on. You know, those are, those are all very laudable goals, and obviously it's a lot more in-depth as uh, as I take a look at your website here, and I want to encourage people to go read it for themselves, the ideas of this Congress, uh, contract with Calga County. But just to kind of follow up and underscore what you just said, this is what you do. You know, Cuyahoga County should be seen as a business in large, in, in, you know, in many ways, it should be seen as a business. You are a business executive. Can you just, and, and he's a lawyer. Can you, can you just maybe remind people about your business resume and how it is that you are best equipped to uh, be the person who runs this county for, uh, you know, to make it prosperous, not only for itself, but obviously for its constituents? Yeah, sure. Thank you. I'm, you know, I'm a case Western Reserve MBA. Um, I've, I've managed up to as many as 2,800 people in 15, factories across the world, North America, South America, Africa, Europe, Asia. I have lots of business experience are the, the, on, in just operational experience. Uh, our company was $319 million. So um, um, the, the size and the scale of the county executive job, although it's a little bit bigger than that, it's not all too, altogether too far away from um, what I'm used to and what I've experienced. So um those those metrics those things that are involved with the with the um with the job i'm i'm, I'm actually comfortable with there are, there are a lot of other things that really need to get cleaned up the cleanup job is immense the turnaround job is immense you know i'm a turnaround expert i've done that four or five times in in tough situations so you know that's what i do very uh, very well said. And uh, last thing before you go uh, peter corrigan again county uh, executive candidate for the republican party um, I'm, I'm thinking about an entrepreneurial venture. Um, I, I could use an investor. If you win this race in November, I'm thinking about opening up a joint called Nothing Burger in Cleveland. Will you and can, can I, can I need a, I don't have the capital. I got the ideas, but I don't have the capital. Can you, can, can I count on you? What do you think? Yeah, I think we could probably succeed, especially if we put it in some of these 
high property tax areas right now. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think we really could. Peter, listen, uh, don't let the don't let the haters and the naysayers dissuade you. You got two months of very important work in front of you. I hope people can support you and help you in that endeavor. Like Peter said, you need money to get the right message out there. This is all about improving the county. If you got five bucks, ten bucks, twenty five bucks, a hundred bucks laying around, whatever you can, go to uh, Peter's website. It's Corrigan4Executive.com. Click the donate button. Help him spread the word because we can do so much better in this county than Armin Butish. Peter, I thank you so much for your time. We'll talk soon. I appreciate it, Bob. Thanks. You got it. All the best. 1049, I got uh, one more segment to go. It's yours. 216-901-0945. Dial now. We'll put you on the radio on AM 1420, The Answer. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no Onward, we roll 1053, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. We're going to go right back to the phones. i got one segment left. Let's squeeze in as many calls as we can. And first, it's going to be Chris in Medina. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Chris, how are you, sir? Hey, Chris. Uh, Bob, thanks so much for having me on. Chris, with uh, Tunnel of the Towers this weekend. Uh, this is Dorico? Sunday mo- yes, sir. Yes, Chris, sir. I, have not, I have not talked to you. When, when, Hold on. When is yeah, Tunnel to the, when, when is Tunnel to the Towers? It, it is Tunnel to the Towers is this Sunday on Medina's Historic Square. Oh, Chris, this is not good. This is not good at I all. Know. I talk to you every year in advance of this thing, and we talk about uh, the, uh, the the heroic run from the Tunnel to the Towers from uh, from Stephen Siller. What the heck? I don't, how did we miss this? You, you, you and I just need to get better on uh, texting and emailing. But um, I am so sorry about I, this. For, no, oh, my God. No, no, you know what, Bob? I wanted to let you know real quick that Tunnel the to Towers this year uh, in February paid off the mortgage for Officer Jaring in, in Westerville, Ohio. And uh, the other officer, who was also shot during a domestic call, they were both killed. Uh, Tunnel the to Towers, the other officer, was close to retirement. So what they did was they paid off his property taxes oh my and his, and his uh, utility for a number of years. But the younger officer, they paid off the entire mortgage. And uh, Frank Siller, the brother of Stephen, was actually in Westerville in February and, and gave them a check for the mortgage on their house. So, so amazing. So amazing. This, what an awesome event. This, this year, the families from those two officers are going to join us in Medina in appreciation for what Tunnel of Towers has done for them. So, uh, you know, every year, Bob, you are so gracious to have us on and talk about Stephen and the sacrifice he made on 9-11 by leaving his five children at home and uh, running through the tunnel in Brooklyn and coming outside into, uh, into that environment uh, that we know is 9-11 uh, and sacrificing his life at ground zero. And that is why Tunnel of the Towers is called what it is. And his family put the organization together the following year and uh, Medina is the only satellite run in Ohio that does this 
in uh, coordination with Tunnel of Towers in New York City. Uh, it, uh, Chris, this is uh, such a, a phenomenal story, and I'm going to want to talk more about it. I know it's too late now because the, the event is on Sunday, but just even in retrospect, I want to make sure that everybody knows what this is on Monday. Uh, but this run it replicates the run that he made. He ran, It was roughly 3.2 miles, which is uh, a 5K run, in full gear through that tunnel to get to the towers and then entered and started to climb, for crying out loud, one of the most amazing sacrifices on that horrible day in 2001. That's what this 5K run has done to yeah. replicate. It is you uh, to raise money, uh, uh, obviously, to help out those uh, those those who who need it. As you pointed out, with the officers in, uh, in you know, officer in Westerville and and these families coming to support in, in Medina this uh, Sunday is phenomenal. How can people yeah. sign up? If is it too late to sign up to run on Sunday, or can they no, show up and no. do it? No, absolutely. Can you can sign up all weekend, and it is uh, sign up on Sunday as well. But it is Tunnel the Towers dot org or tunnel of towers medina dot org tunnel the towers and that's medina the number is that org. that's the number two right the number two not not the word yes. two tunnel exactly. two exactly. the number two towers dot org actually the uh the website itself is spelled out t- with t-o tunnel two towers medina. oh okay Okay, I think I've yeah. seen the. I think I've seen maybe the the, the New York one or the you know yeah. the national one or whatever with the number two. Okay, so I just want to make sure people can do that. So maybe just Google search Tunnel Two Towers uh, Medina so that you can find the information about where to be, what time to be there. The run is probably early seven eight o'clock. It's it's an eight o'clock start, and uh, you know I I am uh, I'm so excited to hear President Reagan at the top of the hour on your show every day. I listen to your show every day, and I love to hear President Reagan, and he says. You know, if you don't know where heroes are, you're not looking for them. Well, when you come to Medina on Sunday, not mm-hmm. only are you going to see the family of a number of heroes, but we also have two veterans who we built homes for, who are, who are veterans from Afghanistan who lost multiple limbs. They're, they're quadruple, triple, and double amputees that we have built homes for. If you don't know where to look wow. for heroes, come to Medina, show your family, show your kids where the heroes reside, and they're actually residing in your neighborhood. That's so so perfectly stated, Chris. Chris DeRico, that is that is fantastic. I love your organization. I feel awful for not giving it more love this week. I think my trip to D.C. and my immigration issues that I dealt with all week kind of clouded this. Otherwise, I would have had you on earlier, but I'm sorry we missed connections. I'm, I'm glad you got in now, though, and I will tell people again, go to the Tunnel to Towers website. Google Tunnel to Towers um, uh, Medina, and you'll find the information on how to run. And even if you can't exactly. show up to run, click the Donate button and, uh, and help support this great cause that does uh, everything that Chris just described. Chris, thank you for everything Appreciate you do. It, do me a favor, would you? Can you call me back on Monday and give me a recap of how things went? Can we just do that, all right? That's- Absolutely will. I'd be excited to. I would really appreciate that, Chris. Thanks very much. All right, we're out of time. I'm sorry I left people on hold today, but we are out of time. Mike Gallagher's coming up next. We'll see you Monday. Bye-bye. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.